just want to say hi to any listeners out there. If anybody's listened to my new podcast, this is Insignificant Man. Just put together some recordings, uh, my thoughts, and wanted to share them with people. I also have a channel on YouTube under the same name, Insignificant Man. I put together videos and any other visual aids that I can add to the talks. But if you are not able to access YouTube, my podcasts are available on a lot of different platforms through anchor.fm. So I hope you enjoy and I hope you listen and I'll get started. I'd like to uh, record pretty much my mission statement, I guess. I want to get it out there exactly what I'm trying to accomplish, where I'm coming from uh, in doing all this, like maybe my background. Also, what I'm trying not to do but where where I see some issues have arised through the centuries of organized religion, I guess you'd say. As of right now, I just go by the pseudonym, you know, insignificant man, because that's the best way way I can describe myself. Uh, I am no one special by far. I have my strengths and weaknesses, just like everybody else, uh, every day. I wake up trying to figure things out like everybody else. But I have noticed that I've never, I've always seen things slightly different than the majority of people around me within, I guess you'd say, uh, the religious community. And like I said before, I've grown up in a Protestant Christian upbringing where my dad was a pastor. So from a small age, I've been surrounded by going to church one or two times a day, you know, you got choir practice, and it's like you live two lives. You live one life out in the real world, and then you live one life at church. <laughs> and I had a hard time getting up to church every morning because I just wanted to sleep in. But anyways, I was involved in sports ever since I can remember. I was swimming since I was two and a half, three years old, and then the sports just progressed from there. But also, uh, you know, a normal upbringing in public schooling, a lot of good friends. I grew up in a more unique area from everybody else. It wasn't in a city. It wasn't like, you know, gangland or anything like that. But it was definitely interesting and unique, and I wouldn't want it any other way. But surrounded by the people I was surrounded with, both in secular world and the religious, in my case, Christian world, I started noticing just some some hypocrisies, I guess, popping up, and I noticed them in myself, and it just wasn't sitting right with me. You know, the whole Christian church and Protestant Christian will tell you flat out, uh, to love someone is not to judge them. <laughs> but all I saw all day, every day by Christians was people judging each other. I did not like this, and I found myself doing this at a young age. I was like, why am I judging them? Just because they're different than me, even though I don't agree with it, I'm not going to do what they do, but I don't have to hate them for it. And I started realizing that I can really make friends with a lot of different people if I just stop judging them by what everybody else judges them by. And it was amazing the difference in my life once I stopped judging people. And that was kind of seeding what I needed to learn at a young age. Uh, especially with the dynamics all through elementary, junior high, and high school, 
the dynamics between different cultures all in one place learning to get along and you got the different cultures within the school let alone the ethnic culture <laughs> and so you got your preps your jocks your hoods you know your druggies and you know all those guys that everybody's aware of and i'm sure if everyone thinks back to their high school days you know i hope they get a chuckle out of it just back because of how diverse it is you got your angry mean people you got your super nice people you got your you know i don't even want to go through it all but it's very diverse but the point i'm trying to make is this prepared me for once in the real world and starting to travel the world and not just within my little community there's a huge diversity of cultures secular cultures and religious cultures and you know in some cultures the religion bleeds over more into the secular world than others i think america is starting to be less of that it used to be huge islam is another one of those cultures i've been surrounded by oh man I don't even know if I want to add up the years, but <laughs> probably 16 years, 15, 15 going on 16 years. Took a while for me to get used to, but the different places I've been around the Middle East, it definitely opened my eyes to the different types of Islamic cultures and even the other cultures within Islam that are not Islamic, like the, I believe it was the Zedis, I might be pronouncing that wrong, but you know, ISIS when they rolled through you know, Nineveh province and Mosul area and all the way across from Syria, uh, once they got to the outlying areas of Erbil and, and those areas, they really hammered those religious, that religious group hard. Uh, and by hammering, I mean more cutting and killing, which is sad. It was unique to see all that. And then also within our American culture, you know, you have the, Catholic culture, the Muslim, or excuse me, the Mormon culture is huge. I mean, ranging from, you know, state to state in the West and Midwest. Um, then you have Protestant Christians, and then even within the Protestant Christians, you have the more Arminius types, and you have the uh, Reformed types. Um, and there's a big feud there, especially if you go to the Northern Midwest, I guess you say, where <laughs> there's a lot of churches um, with Calvinist background versus the Arminius background. <laughs> and you, you can start an argument, like at the drop of a hat. Uh, I might have done that on occasion just to see how riled up people could get, but also just to hear their arguments because, uh, you know, I was new to the area and I was noticing all different types of the churches with the um, Calvinist backgrounds, and I was just curious on how they felt about uh, the other group. And families were divided, of course, and it came down to who believed in predestination, who didn't believe in predestination, who didn't believe in perseverance of the saints, which is defined as once saved, always saved. Like once you are saved by Jesus Christ, are you always saved or do you have to maintain your salvation? And, and one believes in this, one doesn't. And, you know, the big one is, or I guess the big uh, headline people might recognize the most is just the five points of Calvinism. There's a lot more points than that. But anyway, I'm not going to go into it. But again, there's a lot of divisions. So when I got into college, you know, and I surrounded myself with both a secular group and a Christian group, and I, you know, I liked them both the same, but I still was 
kind of annoyed with the fact that a lot of these groups didn't want to mix, didn't want to meld. And in my opinion, the church is always supposed to have been a place to let people come freely instead of kicking them out because you don't believe with their lifestyle. Like, well, isn't the church supposed to be a place that brings in people with, in, you know, quote unquote, sinner's lifestyle, <laughs> but yet they're kicking people away. So, so the more I was surrounded with it then in college, the more I started asking questions and just trying to have discussions. And then that was the time when I was starting to really get into reading, you know, uh, I was no longer doing sports in high school, so I had all kinds of free time on my hands. Taking 12 credit hours, that is that's a whole lot of time on your hands when you're used to high school and, and four different sports during the year. So I did a lot of reading, was researching really the difference between, like, just for starters, Arminianism and Calvinism. And oh my goodness, people are, people would get fired up over that. But at the same time, it's like, well, I'm looking for the truth. So don't you guys want to know the truth? And then it, it always seemed to boil down to, well, there's just different truths. Well, there's different opinions and different perspectives, and those opinions come from different perspectives. Depends on your foundation, but there's got to be some ultimate truth. Like, there's got to be a finality to a point where, you know, do we live after death? What is true? What isn't true? Is it just, you know... Whatever you believe is what's going to happen to you. Well, that's just kind of like chaotic. I mean, I, I don't know. So I wanted to know, but you know wh what I realized is when you start finding, you start looking for the truth, you start realizing that you don't really know if what you're reading is true. I mean, there's a lot of sources with the oldest scriptures, but how do you know these scriptures haven't been tampered with? You know, in the Christian world, in the theologian world, there's you know divine inspiration what they call divine inspiration. And I'm sure everybody's heard of it, or most, most people have heard of, heard of that expression, but that the scriptures were all inspired by the Holy Spirit. Well, is this possible? Well, yeah. In a world of infinite possibilities, anything is possible, but you want to find out what is true and what is really happening in reality. So like we talked a little bit about time, it's the onion. Well, what is really going on on the outside of the onion? What we do know is there's a war going on between light and dark. And we know there's a balance kept uh, within our universe, within our world, because that's how free will and choice are created. So if the good guys, you know, so let's talk about angels, like these beings that are higher consciousness above us and live out in the stars and call them guardians, call them um, gardeners, whatever you want to call them. You know, we have the good guys that we understand created us or created Adam and Eve and at least our particular race. You know, you have the good guys, but then also there's a bad guy that crept in and, you know, the story of Adam and Eve and the tree and eating the, the fruit, the forbidden fruit. So from the beginning, we're shown that there's a balance. Well, so good is allowed to happen in our existence, the same amount is bad is about to ha uh, allowed to happen. So you have your positive and you have your negative. Well, if the creator, the one true infinite creator, is truly just and truly righteous, he had he has to have created this perfect balance. And it can't just be a lopsided balance once in a while. It has to be perfect. So opportunity has to be given. So where along the lines 
do we find out what is true and what isn't true about our scriptures? You know, we like to be labeling things, and because once you label things, then you can create a support for it, or you can <laughs> create an animosity for it. So they like to call them the Holy Scriptures, to just drive the point home that these are divinely inspired. And then to say that portions of them are true is heresy, and then you put fear into people, and you want to scare them into keeping their mouths shut and stop asking questions. Questions are the best thing people could ever do. I mean, that's how science, our world of science, progresses. People have questions, and they ask questions, and they form hypotheses, and then they go about the scientific method. So do I believe in divine inspiration? Absolutely. I absolutely believe that, let's take the Old Testament, for example, for starters, that Moses was writing down what he was being told. I absolutely believe that. But what we know about channeling nowadays is there are beings out there talking to the human race through dreams or directly through channels, you know, seances and stuff like that. But they are actually and actively talking to us. And we know that there are positive experiences when it comes to channeling and there are negative experiences when it comes to channeling. And what we know from recordings of these channelings is there's... If it is a positive experience, it shines a light, you know, and that light will be bright. And the better and longer the experience goes, the brighter the light is. Well, that light attracts the negative beings, and they see this light, and they want to shut it down. Because they're of the negative orientation, that's just what they do. So how do they go about it? Deviousness, uh, you know, being sneaky, lying, half-truth, any way they can get in. So do I believe that every single divine inspiration from Moses was coming from a positive side? I do not believe that anymore. I do not believe that the Ark of the Covenant was divinely inspired by a positive group of beings. I believe if there's a war going on, the uh, negative side, the negative beings, are going to do whatever they can to weasel their way in to this group that is shining brighter and brighter and to distort and corrupt anything the positive beings have done. Because where a window opens for light, a window is also open for darkness. So even though you might laugh at that analogy, because why do you need a window for darkness? But anyways, um, so to just blindly out of you know fear of being condemned, but blindly saying, yes, I believe everything is divinely inspired and everything is pure and true by the power of the Holy Spirit and blah, 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 blah. It's pretty ignorant, and it actually goes against laws of logic. If you are truly logical and you know there's a war going on, you have to always be aware that there's going to be an opposite side. So yes, divine inspiration is real. The Holy Spirit is real. That infinite energy and the creator is real. Infinity is real. Anything is possible in a world of infinite possibilities. And and I believe that's how we live. But when you say that, you have to also understand that negative possibilities are just as possible as the positive possibilities. So I am of the belief that there has been some tampering with individuals during the original writings, and then when you just have the books like 
first and second kings and, and such when it's you know just recording the events of history you see the war going on back and forth between good and evil uh, positive and negative uh, you see that with king david and saul and and the likes so we know there's a constant war going on the book of revelation describes a, a war that continues all the way to the end so where are these discrepancies? How do you find out these discrepancies? And what do you do with them when you do find them? So back to what I was talking about originally, our different cultures. I am not here to offend anybody. I am not trying to say you're wrong. As soon as you say you, 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 you're attacking somebody. And what happens? You, they, you get defensive and you're like, well, you know. Screw you, man. What are you talking about? Well, you do this. And so, and then it's a battle right off the bat and everybody stops listening. So how do you bring up a truth when you have multiple religions that all believe something different? But if you really do find the truth, how are you going to get any of them to listen? Because it's not going to match 100% with any of them. So everyone's going to have an issue with it and with you by what you're saying. Call you a heretic and, and whatever when you're not trying to hurt them at all. You know, I don't hate Muslims. I don't hate Catholics. I don't hate Mormons. I don't hate Hinduists. I don't even hate uh, Satanists. I don't hate Luciferians. I mean, everybody has the right to believe in whatever they believe is a higher power or you know the truth about the world unseen around us. But what I do care about is the actual truth. What is the truth? Is re reincarnation true? Are there beings that live in outer space? Is that true? And, you know, from the Christian perspective, the book of Revelation, it says that, you know, in the end, when, when the final temple comes down out of heaven, it says many nations will be a part of this. Well, how can you have many nations be a part of something that are all united in one when you have nothing but religious differences in every single one of our cultures. <laughs> so, so there's got to be a universal truth out there that unites everybody, not bringing all the religions and beliefs and all the religions together, but like, you know, a potter's clay, when you're making a sculpture, you strip away the inessentials until you get the shape that's required. And the shape I'm looking for is truth. So I'm not, I'm not uh, having these talks to to take sides against people do not hate anybody and i'm not trying to offend anybody i'm not trying to attack anybody you know when i mention a specific religion maybe like catholics they believe this protestants they believe that muslims they believe that i'm just trying to state the truth so trying to be very unbiased about it and just plain as plain as day this is how it is if i'm incorrect uh, i'll catch my uh mistake and, and correct myself but I'm not trying to attack anything but my mission statement here is to get the truth out what exactly is the truth and I believe the truth has always been the full truth has always been close it's been very close but only since these recent days and I believe we're in another great awakening that the truth has been allowed to come out so we can verify this through other sources, other texts, texts that are saying the same thing, texts that came out before other texts, texts that were discovered and untouched through centuries. And and also when you think about it, you know, in Jesus' day when he was uh, talking in the temple, you know, the Jews have had their religion for, I don't know, what, like 3,000 years, uh, somewhere around there. Uh, 
two to three thousand years and you look at us now and the christian religion is right right about two thousand years a little over two thousand years um so we've had two thousand years of corruption as well or possible time potential time for corruption and if you want to continue to live in your hole and be comfortable where you're living that's fine you know maybe these talks aren't for you but if you're like me where you've had questions and things don't add up and you're not and you're not comfortable you know saying your questions out loud but they're always in the back of your mind i'm trying to put what i've learned out there so maybe you're thinking the same way i am so this is for the people that are thinking like me that there's something wrong with religion you don't want to go to church it's nothing but being judgmental it's nothing about rules 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 you can't do this you can't do that getting condemned for this getting condemned for that but yet you don't consider yourself a bad person i mean you're not a hateful person you don't wish anybody harm you want to be better you know you make mistakes like everybody makes mistakes and but you also are on the edge of is there a creator is there not a creator you know being an atheist you know, science, is that, should that be the focus? No science, you know, whatever, any of those questions. So these talks are just me trying to get out what I think is the truth. And I think there is more and more support and backing where we can strip away those inessentials and, and what we'd call distortions, where we've all been looking through, you know, certain foggy uh, lens. So whether it be the lens of of Islam, whether it be the lens of Catholicism, whether it be the lens of Mormonism, Christianity, Protestants, Reformed, you name it. Uh, it's time to strip those multiple layers away and start looking through clear glasses. And so once we have a clear picture, then we can find the truth. And when we understand the truth, we gain knowledge. When we gain knowledge, we gain wisdom. And and things just start to snowball and build, and we grow and we evolve. And I think uh, these last hundred years is a good example of just the evolution at a an insane rate of you know technological advance in our society, and just understanding as well, and the knowledge that's being passed around with the internet and the access we have to it. Just want to kind of define my mission statement put it out there and this is the background where I'm coming from I'm not trying to offend anybody I want to get the truth out there and for me when I went through discovering all this stuff like it hurt because I realized I had a lot of distortions viewpoints and biases and but I would I had to tell myself like it's always gonna be okay but would you rather know the truth or would you can rather live um, being content with a lie or a half-truth and in my opinion, I want the full truth And I think there's a lot of other people out there that do as well. So if you're one of those people and you can And you can have the the fortitude and discipline to keep yourself from getting so upset uh, And walking away. Maybe these talks will will be some for you to listen to and fall back on but also just something to uh, send you in a good direction for uh, texts to read and so, and things to think about mull it over but anyways that's uh my mission statement uh, insignificant man i'm nobody uh, special on this earth and i'm just here trying to do what i can all right everybody take care